there are three traits or skills or whatever you want to call it that you, you should probably have if you want to general a house yourself. Um, the number one is, is, is money, obviously. I mean, if you don't have the money to do it and a contingency budget, then um, that can get you know thrown off pretty quick. The next is the knowledge. Um, I, I like to believe that I'm pretty knowledgeable in the construction industry, but uh, the house that we're building right now is an infill project. So there's a lot of delays that you don't realize um, if you're not, you know, if you're not on top of it. Uh, and then just relaying with the trades, um, I, you know, I didn't realize how much work it was um, to, to work with the trades. I think a lot of people believe that, you know, if you want a general project, you can kind of do it from your, your desk or your office. And it, in my opinion, it's almost a full-time job. Welcome back to the Spruce Home Show, your local podcast that talks all things custom home building. Things to be aware of, things to expect, and things to take note of. Thanks for tuning in. Let's go. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Spruce Home Show. Today, you've got four of us. Um, which I'll get to introducing everybody here right away, but I hope that you had a great reading February, whatever we call it here, break. We are now into March. Spring is hopefully on the horizon and everybody's kind of settled back into work. If you were one of the lucky ones to take a vacation over reading break, you timed it absolutely amazing because the weather was awful here. It is was so, so, so cold. Um, but we've got an exciting topic. I think that this one might be a bit of an eye-opener for everybody. We have noticed kind of in our current state of the market, we'll call it, with uh, the increase in interest rates and just a little bit of a halt from some people in the real estate industry, not everybody, that there's been some chatter. And the chatter is around people kind of turning their viewpoint or at least thinking process into what if I general my own build or my own reno, how much money can I save? And that's a valid thought. I mean, when you're looking for ways to save money, that's definitely something that's going to come to your head. And so it's been a topic, a topic of conversation amongst us and our suppliers and just the chatter that we hear. And so I think there's some viewpoints that maybe the general public wouldn't think of when it comes to this topic that we as as businesses have insight to. So I'm really excited to chat more about this and kind of um, bring some new perspective to the table. So we have Heather Fritz and Dustin Sickler here with Brad and I today to chat with y'all about their perspective on the topic. So what's really interesting about bringing both Heather and Dustin in is they have two different perspectives. So Dustin has done a renovation where he hired a company to do it for him. And that was kind of like a phase one reno of the house that he lives in. And then he took on phase two of his own reno. And then he also has built a rental property where he hired a building company to take the house to lock up. And then he took it on from there. So that's Dustin's story. And then Heather has done a custom build where she did not general the project herself, her or her husband, hired a builder instead to take that on for them. So welcome to the show, Heather and Dustin. Thanks so much. We're always glad to be here. Yes, and we're so happy you guys are here. Heather, do you want to maybe just elaborate on your story a little bit more? Sure. So my husband and I have built in the past. Um, we have never 
generaled um, a house ourselves. Um, we just actually don't believe we have the skills or or at all any of the connections that we would need to build the kind of house that we would want to end up with. So what we did is, of course, since I'm in the industry, I know all the good builders out there, and we narrowed it down to two. Um, we each came to the table with some criteria and then um, ended up selecting one that suited us for where we were at in our lives at that point. Um, and we went through the process that way. The reason we decided to... Um, have a builder build our house from beginning to end was just we wanted a finished product that we can trust and feel comfortable with and we knew honestly we didn't have the time for that kind of learning curve and it didn't even cross our minds honestly to general it ourselves yeah and then Dustin do you want to elaborate on your story a little bit well I'm still in the building process <laughs> um, it's almost been a year now where I think uh, you know I learned a lot along the way um, <clears throat> and one thing I did learn is there are three traits or skills or whatever you want to call it that you, you should probably have if you want to general a house yourself. Um, the number one is, is, is money, obviously. I mean, if you don't have the money to do it and a contingency budget, then um, that can get you know thrown off pretty quick. The next is the knowledge. Um, I, I like to believe that I'm pretty knowledgeable in the construction industry, but uh, the house that we're building right now is an infill project, so there's a lot of delays that you don't realize um, if you're not, you know, if you're not on top of it. You know, the gas, the water, um, the city likes to take their time, and uh, and then just relaying with the trades. Um, I, you know, I didn't realize how much work it was um, to to work with the trades um, and and make sure that you have the supplies and the products on the site and everything like that. So that. <clears throat> that's really taken a lot of time too. And the third, the third would be the time. Um, you know, I think a lot of people believe that, you know, if you want a general project, you can kind of do it from your, your desk or your office. And it, in my opinion, it's almost a full-time job. Um, you got it. You have to be there almost every single day. You have to make sure that you have a good schedule. You have to make sure that you can, you know, manage the trades because if you're not there, uh, you know, the trades can take advantage of you pretty quick too, right? Especially if you don't have those connections. So, and I would say you were probably lucky because you did have connections being in real estate. Yeah, 100%. But, you know, when you're the one-off builder, you're not, you know, doing this regularly. I don't think the trades are coming to your house um, when you want them. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, so if you don't have that consistent communication with them and that, that schedule, and then the minute, you know, your schedule's blown and, and you have to cancel on a trade to try to get them back um, can be pretty tough too. So... I think all in all, it's been it's been a an experience. Um, you know, I, I I don't think I would do it again. But um, the the stuff that I have done in the house, you know, some of it my on my own. You know, I've been pretty proud of. But, yeah, for sure. Um, it's definitely been an experience. Um, how you mentioned the time? How how many hours a week you think you're at the house? Uh, not enough. Or or maybe not even at the house. Just managing in general um i would probably say um every day i'd at least put an hour in yeah. um you know just making those phone calls lining up trades uh and then the trades will get to the house and realize that they don't have a lighting package or and then you're running to to the store to get the lights or you're ordering something that should have been ordered three weeks ago so uh it's a tough question for time exactly but uh there's a lot of time involved in it yeah well 
So we allocate about eight hours a week on project management. Um, and that's during the day. I think that's the one kicker, right? Is that you had the luxury of not having an office job necessarily. So you had the flexibility to be there and to get there um, maybe when it wasn't planned. But if you have an office job and you can't be on site, that causes problems. And I, to me, eight hours a week doesn't seem daunting. It's like, oh, that's a couple hours, a couple nights a week or an hour, an evening. But it, it can't always be during the evenings. A lot of times it can't be during the evenings because your trades are working during the day. So your phone's going to ring <laughs> and you got to answer. And if you're, in, if you're at work and you're in a meeting and you don't answer, then they're going to take off and then they're going to be upset and they're going to come and it's going to blow up your schedule. And now you have to spend two hours to call seven different people to rearrange their schedules all over again. So I think that although it's eight hours a week um, is kind of what we allocate, it's eight hours like during the day per week. Otherwise that can just explode. Yeah. And that's no exaggeration. And that doesn't really even count for cleaning the site and, yeah. you know, all the other stuff that you're supposed to do, lining up the, you know, t doing the garbage runs and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been overwhelming, but, um, all in all, you know, I, I think there are certain people out there that can general a project. Yeah. Um, I thought I was one of them, um, but, <laughs> um, it just, unless you are dedicated every single day and you keep your, you know, your foot on the pedal, um, it, it can uh, get away from you pretty quick. But I think if you're the type of person that plans on being on site every day and you have a very specific idea of how you want the project to run, you might be that person that does your own general contracting because depending on what your expectations are and your experience, you might end up slowing your general contractor down if you come to the table with different expectations than, say, their production process. I would say those are, you know, those are the type of people that should maybe look at developing their own process for their own build and generaling it themselves. Yeah. So Heather, you talked about the quality side of it, how one of the things that was really important to you guys was having a finished product that was to the quality that you wanted or you expected. How do you think having a builder general the house versus you guys doing it? affected that well like, I know it's kind of hearsay because you didn't but well but I mean the fact is is I do deal with people every day who general their own stuff so I've seen their experiences for us if if there's anything that if there was anything that was deficient with the house or anything that sort of broke down you know um, right away we didn't call the trade we called the builder the builder was accountable yeah. and they took care of it um, if you general it yourself and something doesn't work, then we call the trade we think it is. And, hmm. and that's the other thing is the systems are all interrelated, right? Yeah. So unless you have that experience, you might have one trade say, well, this is actually because some other trade did this and that. And I mean, we had that situation with a roofing system we had at our last house is we put new shingles on and the drip, the drip edge wasn't changed and the shingles guy said it should have been the, um, the soffits and fascia guy or the, you know, and so, so I don't have to deal with any of that. I call the builder, um, you know, the builder has the same trades they've worked with for years. They've developed those relationships and then they take care of it right away. And I don't have to, I don't have to chase anyone. Yeah. 
I, I can tell you that over the last <clears throat> couple years, that whole conversation has been honestly a work in progress and a challenge for us. Um, damage on site is like happens all the time and trying to figure out who it is, is because nobody did it. Right. <laughs> of, course, of course, nobody did it. Right. And they asked uh, their people and they didn't do it either. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, nobody did it. So, um, even having, like I said, we, we dedicate having somebody kind of allocate eight hours a week. Well, that means that they're there during the day and they're not catching everybody necessarily. We've developed a system to, to kind of mitigate that, mm-hmm. um, a little bit, but that takes more time to Dustin's point. Like, we're going in behind every trade and, and doing quality checks. But if you're doing it on your own in the evenings, you either don't have time or now you're trying to do it in the dark and you're not actually seeing everything. Um, so, so to your point, if you don't have that relationship or you've never dealt with it before, how do you figure out um, who's causing the damage? And the answer is you won't and the costs are going to fall on your lap. Right. Um, and from a quality standpoint, there's if you've never dealt with somebody before, how do you know what their standard is? Like they're going to finish their work to their standard. Well, is it to your standard or is it not? Because if it's not, that's how they priced it. Right. So now all of a sudden you want it done differently. They have to do it again. And now they have to do it to a higher level potentially. Well, who's paying for that? It ain't going to be them. Right. Cause they <laughs> consider it an upgrade now. Yeah. yeah. And, and you can of course try and play hardball and say, well, I'm not paying for this and yada, yada, yada. And then all they do is slap a lien on your house. Right. And, and yeah, maybe you don't get paid, but, or maybe they don't get paid, but now you have to deal with that lien at some point in time. And it just becomes this, like, it's not fun. <laughs> it, well, that's really what it I is. I think what people forget too, is to put a, uh, a price tag on their own time. And what, what is the cost of stress in your life? Because if you're a family person, let's say of children who have activities and that sort of thing, and you have to miss an activity or you go home and you're strung out because this person didn't show up and that delayed the tile and that delayed this and that delayed that and you have 14 phone calls to make while dinner's happening is that worth it to you at the end of the day like how yeah. do you how do you put money on that well, if is it worth it to you and is it worth it to your family as right well? right so you know at the end of a six-month um, project that should have taken two months those four months that you kind of gave up all of that attention to your family, was that worth saving X amount of dollars? Mm-hmm. Well, and there's an easy strategy too to figure that out. And I learned, I read a book, I forget the name of the book, but it said, figure out your price per hour, right? Figure out your price per hour. Yeah. So every hour I'm sitting at that house working and I'm not working on my actual job, yeah. I'm losing that money, right? So if this project's taken me four months longer, and I've put in at least an hour, two hours a day on that project, I'm actually losing a lot of money in the long run where it could, my project could have been done four months ago and I could have been collecting rent on it already. Yeah. So I might've saved a little bit in the process by doing a lot myself, but the stress it's created and probably the potential revenue I've lost from not working those hours in my daytime job, you know, I don't think are worth it in the long run. And I, I think that's important to think through. Um, and that some of that comes back to, cause there's, there's, do you manage the project yourself or do you manage it and do some of the work yourself I'm or do you both. just do some of the work or like, what, what does that all look like? And there's, don't get me wrong. There's an argument to, to all of this, a counter argument. And, 
um, I'm fully aware that this is going to come off biased, this whole, this whole <laughs> right. conversation. But I think it is just opening the eyes um, or opening the curtain behind what actually is behind things from a time perspective. And if, if you're going to be doing work on the house that, um, let's just throw a number out and say that the, if you hired it out, you were, you'd pay somebody $25 an hour. And if you're going to go into work and make $35 an hour, well then just go, if you really want to make it up, just go work more for a couple months. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like you're, you're better at it. You're going to be more efficient at it. You're going to make more and you can make it up that way. Um, is, is kind of the way that I see it sometimes. And maybe there are some value, value jobs within your project, whether it's a renovation or a build where the math actually does make sense. And I think that's fine, but, but think through it in, in those scenarios, I think. Well, and like when I did my renovation on my house, that was a completely different story. I didn't mind, you know, in the evenings painting or, you know, putting on some trim and doors. Well, you know, the, the contractor took care of the, the major parts like the kitchen and stuff. Uh, you could still live in your house. You know, you weren't burning fuel, running back and forth. So, you know, in that project, I didn't mind doing, uh, generaling a little bit of it myself and saving that money. So, and you used to paint, yeah, yeah. like you used to paint for the, like, you know what, you're not just somebody who's picking up a paintbrush for the first time. Like, right. You're yeah, going to so. do a good job and you're going to be efficient at it. So, yeah. So, you know, there are, there are two sides to it because if I was renovating again, I would probably do a lot of it myself. Yeah. But when it came to a new build, there's a lot of, a lot of steps and processes you don't realize. Like even the electrician yesterday said, do you have a permit for the second floor or electrical yet? And I said, Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Was I supposed to get it? Like no one tells you this stuff, right? Yeah. So, so that's where I've been kind of getting a little frustrated. Well, even like from a pure cost perspective where like cost and management and, and just having the knowledge of how, not even necessarily the knowledge of how to build, but the knowledge of how long things take can come into play is with gas lines here in Saskatchewan. So it can, it can take it can take months to get a gas line in. So if you're not on it and getting that applied for as soon as humanly possible, it could cost you, depending on the time of the year you're building, it could cost you thousands of dollars in utilities. Eight weeks for me. Eight weeks. So now if you, now if you've, so eight weeks is two months. If you're building throughout the winter and now you have to heat the house with electricity instead of with gas, with natural gas, now your bills are probably, depending on the size of the house, could be $2,000 a month. Whereas that gas bill might be like, $200 a month so and that's that's just one of Money. probably like hundreds of things and decisions and things that you have to think of when you're doing your own general contracting whereas when you hire a builder your choices are you know where do you allocate space your finishes and things like that which I actually have lots of clients find that completely overwhelming so yeah. can you imagine <laughs> if you had to deal with the plumber who didn't show up because he's got COVID or because he would something else happened at another job and he couldn't get away. And that's just one of, you know, six other trades that are lined up to do the same thing. So, I mean, some people just find the whole build process overwhelming, yeah. you know, so you have to find the builder that works good for you. But I mean, then step aside and, and figure out how to actually build a house. Like yeah. it's just a whole different world. Yeah. Um, Caitlin, what about the design? side of it so from the design side when people general their own renovation or build obviously they're doing the design themselves or they're hiring somebody to do the design for them 
um, when you work with a designer outside of a project manager or building company, you're going to pay more for the design than if you work with a company who's doing the project for you. So it's just the way it is. Interior designers charge by the hour um, or sometimes by the project, but it's going to cost more if they are just a standalone interior designer than if they were part of the building company that you use. So Brad, you want to kind of go through what we allocate for that? Yeah. So, I mean, getting back to just the time standpoint, um, for a, for a build renovations are tough to compare to because everyone is different, but from a new build, we allocate 115 hours for design throughout start to finish. Uh, so to put that in perspective, that's 14 working days. So if you're working a full-time job and you're like, Oh, I'm going to take care of the design in order to actually do the design, uh, in the full scope that a builder would actually be required. Like if you, if the builder is going to be completely hands off and say, Kate, this is everything that I need. It's going to take you seven weekends right. <laughs> working eight hours Saturday and eight hours Sunday. So it's, that's basically two months where you don't have a weekend. And that's before the house even gets started. So now you add that onto the project management side. Um, it's a lot of time, <laughs> right? It's a ton of time. So. And if you're someone who's not good at making decisions, then you're feeling unsure about what your house is going to look like at the end if you're making those decisions yourself. So it could actually cost you more if you're switching things out at the end because they get installed and you're like, oh no, like that light is wrong. Like that looks terrible. And now you're paying the electrician to come take it out. You're going and finding a new light and then you're putting it in. Well, and then there's also the function behind design. Like, because interior design is not decorating. It is the finishes and how they perform and so an interior designer should know this kind of quartz works good here don't use wood around these um, utilities like all these little details about how different finishes perform in different climates as well like there's lots of really popular finishes on HGTV, HGTV that Would never do not here. serve well in Saskatchewan so you want an interior designer that can help kind of bring your house together in terms of function and aesthetic I think well yeah and like even me just building a rental property I thought it would be easy I could kind of you know throw whatever in there but you know <laughs> you, you start you start picking some stuff out and then you start you know you get a little more attached to the property and you, you want it to look good right and I had all my all my finishes up in my brain but then to put them onto paper or to make them a reality uh, were two different things and a lot of the finishes or designs that I liked were not in my budget either. So um, that's another thing that, you know, a builder or designer can help you with is keep you within budget. Um, but And I think a lot of people don't understand or maybe even realize the time that an interior designer puts in with the trades as well. Mm -hmm. So say you're doing a pot filler in your kitchen. Well, where are they going to rough that in? At what height are they going to rough that, rough that in? Do you want that centered on the stove or do you want the the spout to be centered. Same with your lighting. Do you want your light fixture to hang 36 inches from the bottom of your table or do you want it to hang 46 inches? There's just so many little things that go on behind the scenes that homeowners don't see. Well, I, we did, um, my husband and I did a renovation in our last house and there wasn't a designer on the project. Um, and I had picked lighting and um, I had two sconces to go on either side of a mirror. And yeah, um, I have a guess. What's that? I have a guess. <laughs> Not enough light? No, it wasn't that oh. at all. It was the sconces, the, the style of them, they sort of need to be hung at eye level. 
because up high they just looked awkward. Yeah. So um, the electrician came in, the sconces, uh, the, the what do you call those boxes were yeah. installed, yeah. and I went in and looked and I thought, oh, yeah, those <laughs> the, the sconces don't go there. But if there had been a designer on site, somebody would have caught that. They would have figured that out. At the end of the day, I ended up picking different lights to go in there and use the old ones in my new house. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, those kind of things happen so easily. And like you mentioned with a designer knowing like what products work where. So for instance, like if we're working with clients who have young family and they're on an acreage, like I'm going to lean them towards an LVP flooring because I know that it's waterproof and that it's going to perform well for a busy household like that. Or if you go into a flooring store, they may not recommend that to you. They may just sell you whatever you see that looks pretty. Right. Well, and like the education, so from a designer and builder standpoint versus doing it yourself. We had a conversation with our flooring supplier, our project manager and I last week, and we were on the phone for like 20 minutes and he was telling me things about LVP and laminate that I had never heard him tell me before. And we've worked with him for like seven years. He's told me a lot of stuff <laughs> about flooring. So like the fact that he was able to talk for 20 minutes on something that neither of us knew at that point in time. Now, like think about that as, as somebody who's going into this for the first time, you're going to, and picking all these different things. Well, there's no way that if we're using flooring as, as an example, there's no way that you're going to go into a flooring store and you're actually going to receive all the information that you need to make like the best decision possible because there just isn't time. Yeah. Like, do you have eight hours to sit in there and just listen to your, your flooring supplier talk? Nope. And do they have time to do that? No, it's not going to happen. So there's going to be this, uh, like gap in knowledge that that's the role of a builder and a designer. They do it all day, every day. So, so are they going to tell you all that stuff? No, they're not going to either, but they're going to be working in the best interest of you. And they do have all of that knowledge from and, all the other trades. And they're going to be working within your price point. I also think probably Dustin would agree that with 90, 95% accuracy, if we walked into a spec build in Saskatoon, we could tell you if that builder had a designer on staff or not, or if they just picked things just by the way they function with each other and the way the rooms flow from one to another as well. 100%. It's like, was that what the builder thought would work? Was a good price at the time? Or did they have somebody who was thinking about function and aesthetic at the same time? Or did they have a really good day at Costco? <laughs> <laughs> You get that, what is it, 2% back? <laughs> well, it's just like butcher block countertops. I mean, there's there's some butcher block that I know is made for, for kitchens, but, you know, around water, you've got to make sure that you've got the right stuff, yeah. you know, so that you're not ending up with salmonella on every meal, right? <laughs> so... You know, I see a lot of that in, in experience flips these days. And a lot of what you see on Pinterest is United States images where um, code is different there. So we have a lot of clients showing us things that they see on Pinterest that we actually by code cannot do here. Right. Yep. Yeah. Electrical. Yeah. Tons of people <laughs> wanting um, charging stations, charging stations inside of a kitchen drawer. Oh, yeah. That picture must just have gone viral. <laughs> so Dustin, what about from a price, because you've done it both ways, um, from a price standpoint, just taking time aside, do you think that there was as much savings 
if any, that you got from doing it yourself? Was there as, as was it as big as you expected? Um, was it less? Was it the same? Well, like I said, I'm still not done the project, and it's amazing. You don't really realize everything you actually have to to buy to to finish. Even like right now, we're in like the handrails, the t- the tell bars, the curtains, the blinds. You know, there's a lot of stuff that you don't realize you have to to buy. Uh, I would say that I have saved some money, yes, um, but uh, there's been a lot of money I've wasted. Um, even you know, with with uh, our lighting selection stuff like that, where we we bought a lot of stuff that wasn't allowed to be returned, and it turns out it doesn't work, right? So uh, all in all, I would say yeah, I have saved a lot of money, or not a lot of money. I've saved some money, but I also put a lot of hours into that house. So there's two different there's two different ways to approach this. You can general con- contract the whole project or you can general contract and do a lot of the project. So do you think that a lot of the money that you saved came from you doing the Me work doing itself, myself. not yeah. necessarily so buying generally? it yourself? Yeah, and, and I think that if I had to hire it all out, I don't know if I would save much money at all just because of the time that you're going to lose chasing trades around and you know making sure that all the trades are, are you know are, are good, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a whole new, new ball game right there is making sure that you actually have trades that uh, you don't have time to vet all the trades all the time, right? So majority of the time you're going off by what your friend said or something yeah. like that too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I would say I saved a little bit of money, but I gained a lot of gray hair. I, <laughs> <laughs> I actually had, I had somebody, I'm going to say this was like a year ago now. They just asked me point blank. They said, if we, if they were to general the house themselves, versus us and everything else is the same how much would they save which they were basically asking me not basically they were asking me (laughs) what's our margin on the house um and my answer was actually i don't know like i actually can't tell you yeah i can tell you what our margin is on the house except if we both go and we we finalize plans and we both go and price this house out and it's apples to apples we include everything the same I'm going to get different pricing from trades and suppliers than you're yep. going to get. So is it going to be, is it going to be more still? Maybe. Is it going to be the same? I, I actually don't know. Like unless you actually go through that practice because as builders, we get discounts, um, not from everybody, but we get, I would say that the, for the most part, it's kind of between 0% discount up to 20, but there is one supplier we have where we actually get, a 40% discount and that's on material. It's not labor. It's just a material only supplier, but it's like, you're, you're not going to get that if you walk in retail. So, well, and I'm sure that different builders get different, um, absolutely different, um, discounts as well. So, I mean, if you're a builder that's constantly using the same supplier over and over again, and I, as a builder who's done it once or a contractor that's doing my own general for the first time, and we go into the exact same supplier, we're not going to get the discount you get. Yeah. And you got to remember too, like, you know, you're getting your quotes from the plumber per se, uh, and you're using a different plumber than, than the builder would. Um, is the plumber quoting you for your toilets and your faucets yeah, and everything like that? Mean? Sometimes you forget that. Yeah. So your, your, your quote might be the same as the, the builder's getting, but they haven't, they haven't put in the toilets or the faucets or the, or the sinks yep. like these stuff you don't even think about right you just think oh here's a, a total plumbing quote but you don't know if it's the exact same as what you're going to get from the builder too yeah i would say that if you're going to do your own project and you haven't done it before like you're not in the industry because 
I mean, obviously you could be, if you're a project management manager for a construction company, yeah. you probably have the skill set for this. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> but, if, but like if it's not something that you've done before, man, put a big contingency fund in there. Because like to your point, there's going to be things that you just do not think about, no. whether it's like temporary access into the house and you need temporary stairs of some sort so trades can get in and out before you put your final stairs on. So like that's a cost that you got to eat. That's Is that a lot? No, but you'd be amazed uh, you get like two hundred and fifty dollars charges over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Garbage, garbage, garbage. The cost of light bulbs, snow removal, light bulbs. Being able to get to the house. How about yeah. exterior railing? Yeah. I didn't realize <laughs> I'm going to be spending about five thousand dollars on railing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and that's not even fancy railing. No, that's just your standard white. Yeah. So, so I mean, there's going to be that's yeah. Put a big old contingency if you're going to do it yourself because there's going to be a plethora of things that you just don't think about or you I mean there are depending on who you work with there's some suppliers or some trades that they will give you an estimate but they don't actually final price things until the whole job is done so like let's just say an example for us is is into your doors is they give an estimate but until that final bill comes in it's nothing's final um so all of a sudden your final bill comes in twenty five hundred dollars more and you're like why and like well you changed the style of the door (laughs) and it's like oh i thought they were all the same yeah well you thought wrong like they're not um or you just i don't know you change the handle and you just don't uh, you think it's small things and if you're work a kind of a more office nine to five job and you don't have the time to check before you actually order and somebody needs something like in half an hour you just make fast decisions and then you pay for it later so well like one is interior door handles um you know i'd walk through a couple show homes and i really like this one style and i think i had a 15 dollar budget for interior door handles (laughs) per handle because you can buy them for fifteen dollars. Are they like yeah. dummy ones? Yeah, in two thousand fifteen, <laughs> they were the ones I liked were sixty-two dollars each. And when you add in thirteen doors, that's yeah. that right there is a lot of money. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, even if you, you you go and you look at Home Depot or like a box store like that, and if you're just trying to price things from a general standpoint up front, and you think that they're going to be even thirty dollars, and then you go and order them. And you realize that there is a price difference between the locking handle and a non-locking <laughs> yep. handle. And now all of a sudden, like, all the locking handles are 65 or $70 instead of 35 And it's just those, like, those are really small examples, but man, they add up. Well, I think too, like if you, if you take finishes out of it and you're like, well, I want to move a doorway over mm-hmm. or I want to open this up or move this or add a window... If you're not experienced, you don't know what you know what plumbing runs through that wall, what electrical runs through that wall. It's like, okay, yeah, we can move this doorway, but now where do your light switches go? And if you're not thinking about that, you've got again all these trades lined up to do one thing, and that's I think you can get a lot of delays out of that as well. Well, and that's where I am right now with my electrician. We're you know we're pretty we're about ninety five percent done, and I realize that my light over my faucet is wrong. My light over my vanity and my bathrooms are wrong, and I forgot to add plugs for our microwaves over the range. So now he's moving all the lights over the the sinks. And he's probably not doing it for free. And he's not (laughs) going to do it for free, and he doesn't like me right now. (laughs) And now we have to try to wire in uh, microwaves for over the range that I missed, you know, earlier on. So is it already tiled? (laughs) No, it's not already tiled. Thing, (laughs) but you know, so those are those are errors that could have been. 
uh, that probably should have never happened. Yeah. And now um, we're dealing with it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess in t- then I wanted to bring up some solutions too, because it's like, all right, this is a pretty biased <laughs> conversation <laughs> why, why you should not do it yourself. But there also is realities of, like, that's just, it's not an option. Right. I know that we quoted a, a large renovation a few weeks ago and and we didn't get it nobody got it they decided to do it themselves and he was very honest with me he just said to be honest it's we don't have a choice like this is what we've been approved for this is what we can afford the they got a very good deal on on the house but it had been smoked in so uh for quite a long time so that the whole house needed to be renovated to get rid of that smell um, it was a great house for them and their family, so it wasn't something that they were willing to walk away from. And he just told me that uh, he's going to have to general it to save some money, and he's also going to have to self-perform a lot of the work. And that's just the scenario that they were in, and I understand that. So I thought on the back end of this, we should also give some solutions on, okay, like if you are on that in that scenario and you do still want to use somebody to general it whether it's a renovation or a build what are some things that what are some ways that you can cut down costs um and from our side of things one of the easier ways is for you as a homeowner to actually buy some things um because if if your builder is buying things there's margin going on it if they're performing it and and buying them there's markup um so then it's then it's well what can you as a homeowner pay for that that helps that out. And to me, it's things like, if you're building, it's things like land. You buy the land, you do the yeah. financing, you pay for the utilities. Um, you would be sh- surprised on how much um, how much that all adds up to in a build throughout the process. So if you can, if you can pay for those yourself and save the markup on those types of things, it can, it can be quite a bit. Now, the one thing that I would be leery of is also understand I don't know how other builders do it but I can tell you for us we don't warranty anything that we don't supply yeah so that would be typical with most builders yeah. in in your final contract I think it's in yours and I've seen it in other builders there will be a list of items that the buyer purchase purchased themselves that are excluded from from the contract for example I bought my own tub and so it's not warrantied in yeah. my build. Yeah, and so like those those types of things are examples that I would think of, like lighting fixtures and plumbing fixtures. If something goes wrong with that and you have to replace it, is that the end of the world? No. Right. Uh, don't try and buy your whole lumber package. Because <laughs> like, then if something goes wrong, like how are you gonna, it's gonna be a huge mess to, to figure out who's on the hook for it. Appliances? Appliances could be could be something like things like that where maybe you can buy additional warranties that would be covered like appliances anyway. Things that are maybe smaller items that that if you do have to replace, it's not the end of the world. Things like utilities financing, yada yada yada. Garbage. Those, yeah, yeah. You, you don't do have to be trash. handy or skilled to to take out the garbage, yeah. right? Yeah. And that saves you. That could save you thousands of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Like all these things add up. I think if you're you don't want to general your own project, but want to get creative on ways to save, there are options. Yep. And I think you just need to talk, every builder is going to be different. So you just need to talk through with a builder on what they're open to. And I think um, for the most part, the good ones will be pretty open to working with you. Well, I think anybody that has any experience in custom would, 
your yeah. spec builders, you're not going to get anything like no. that. So no. don't go don't go into a um, a listing or something like that that's still a piece of land but shows a full house on the mm-hmm. on the listing and and expect them to do everything you want and yeah. um, share that with you because yeah. their economy is in scale. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, their savings are going to be by them doing it, not yeah. by you. Yeah. So, um, I don't. That's kind of all that. I had on my list. Is there anything you, any of you guys had? Well, I, th- I think that, you know, in my experience here, um, I, I just wish there was like, you know, uh, a manual or, or, or like a, a builder helpline where, you know, you could call someone 1-800 help <laughs> and, and literally have someone that could just, you know, walk you through the process because, um, I know nothing's free, right? So it'd almost be like a service where someone could, you know, you, you could check in with them every week and they could be like, okay, did you get this order? Did you get this order? Because there was so many roadblocks that I didn't realize that kept moving my project back and back and back that could have been avoided. Um, maybe it's just a learning curve and, you know, you have to go through it once to, to figure it out. But if you had that, you know, that, that back pocket guy that could help you out with that, I think it would, you know, really help out a project. Well, maybe, maybe that's your next business idea, (laughs) but I think too, you have to remember that, you know, you cross the imaginary line between Saskatoon and Corman Park and, and codes are different. So no matter where you're building, something's going to be a little bit different. So, you know, you know, another tip when you're doing your own general contracting is make sure that you're not resting on the experience of another area or, or an old system of codes. They change every year. Okay, well, we'll in there. So I just want to say thank you again to Heather and Dustin. I'm just going to go ahead and promo them a little bit here. They are both uh, Saskatoon real estate agents who we trust with all of our transactions. So if you guys are in the market, make sure to check them out. And thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.